you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. The retail industry is facing a significant period of adversity and challenge right now. But what exactly is behind it and why do some retailers seem to be able to do quite well at the moment and others really are struggling? Let's find out. Hey, Oliver Banks here and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 51. And I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and pressing play right now. It's very much appreciated. So it won't come as any sort of surprise to you to find out that retail is tough right now. There are many retailers that, as I say, are facing adversity, that are facing challenging times, and of course, many that have paid the ultimate price for that. But why is it? It seems to be incredibly complicated to explain exactly what's going on. Is there a silver bullet for getting through this? No, I do not think that there is a silver bullet, a single thing that you could do to come unstuck in this challenging time. Now, there are several well-talked about potential silver bullets, well-talked about reasons or solutions to overcoming adversity. But I think it's much more complicated than just one or two things that you need to do. And I'm sure you know that too, right? Otherwise, you would have done them by now. There are many, many, many factors at play. But when you look at the marketplace, of course, there are companies that are winning right now. There are companies that are doing very well, reporting good results. And then there are companies that, of course, are not. But here's what's interesting. When you look at some of these companies, the winners and the more challenged companies on paper, when you look at their proposition, when you look at their business, it's really quite difficult sometimes to describe why some are doing well and others are not. So what I think is happening right here is that there are a number of factors at play. And it's a case where we're seeing the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. When you take all of these different factors and you add them up, There's a a perfect storm, so to speak, happening in the retail industry right now. And when you add all of these elements up, it's much bigger than the sum of those individual elements. And I think that's the reason why it's quite so complicated to explain exactly what is going on in retail right now. But in this episode, I'm aiming to unpick it a little bit for you. I want to help share my ideas, my observations, so that you can take them and build them on what's going on in your local market, your local category, and hopefully find your way out of this troubled time and onto future success. Now, of course, I need to caveat this whole episode that these are my views and there are a whole lot more views and they're all very relevant. So I would love to hear from you. What elements am I forgetting? What am I overlooking? It would be great to really get your feedback on this one and help collectively build this up into a whole picture as to what is going on in retail right now. And hey, if we get enough discussion, maybe it would be good to do a follow-up episode into the future. We'll see how things go. So do let me know. You can message me on LinkedIn. If we're not already connected, 
do reach out and tell me that you are listening. Or send me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And hey, as always, show notes from today are going to be available on the website at obandco.uk slash 51. Right, let's get into this one. So what is going on in retail right now? Well, I think to understand what's going on right now, we need to press the rewind button just a little bit. Go back to where we were. Go back to the status quo of a few years ago and look at what's going on in the world around us back then and what what was going on in retail back then. And then we can fast forward back to today and look at how that has changed. Look at how the wider world has changed. Look at how retail has changed and why some companies are doing well and some companies are not doing well. And that way, I hope we'll find the key to be able to turn our fortunes around. So here we go. Let's rewind 20 years. Retail is now a completely different place compared to what it is in 2019 but it's still very much an important part of life. However, consumers have far fewer options open to them. If they want choice, they have to invest their effort, their time and their money to see what's open in the marketplace. If people want to understand more about what's open to them in the marketplace, they need to get in a car, hop on some public transport, drive to another town or city and go to a shop and walk around. Or maybe they could cut out some of that effort and use the phone book or the yellow pages to look up a number of another store in the local area and call them up on the landline. That's right, it is incredibly difficult to see the options open to you. And if you want to know what other people think, well, you have to ask your friends. See if they've shopped at the store or see if they've tried that product. But hey, you are seeing your friends a bit more regularly, so that is a bit easier. Retail experiences are quite manual. Lots of paperwork involved, particularly if you need to order something in that isn't already in stock. In fact, it's so hard you probably don't even bother. You'll come back next week and try again. That's right, the retailer was very much in control when we rewind the clock. 20 years. Customers really had to work hard to be able to shop around. Lots of legwork, literal legwork, right? And if you want to know something about a product, well, you have to ask a member of staff. And if they know it, great, you're in luck. And if they don't, well, it's more legwork to try and work out how you could find out what it is you want to know. So as a consumer, you have no choice really on where you shop. So you end up shopping in the same locations, the locations that are convenient and easy for you to get to. And you're probably going there quite regularly. There is this new thing called the internet. But I have to say, you don't really know who you're buying from. There's a lot of companies there that you've never heard of. And I think they're probably just in there ready to swindle you and take all of your money, right? And it is incredibly slow using dial-up. That sound, right? You know that sound? (laughs) 
the future of retail, the future of entertainment, the future of communication. (laughs) Yeah, right. But what is happening in retail in 1999 is that we are seeing retailers opening more stores. There's a real space race starting. More stores equals more access to consumers. More access to consumers equals more sales, right? Fantastic. Nice and easy, relatively. And as we look at the individuals in stores, well, life is good. It's very much a job for life, actually, if you want it. And it's nice because we're always in our comfort zone in retail. We know what's going on. We know the consumers. We probably see the same consumers week after week. Things aren't changing in retail. You know exactly what you need to do. As a a staff member of a retailer, you're happy, very happy with the status quo. But as we start to fast forward back to modern day life, what do we see happen? We see the dot-com bubble burst. We see the systemization of retail and, in fact, of life. We see old heritage retailers being very nervous of investing into the internet. After all, we have just seen that dot-com thing go kaboom. We're seeing companies lose control of what's going on. We're seeing the comfort zone that we love contracting around us on all sides. We're seeing ourselves not want to challenge ourselves because... Well, frankly, we've got used to being in the comfort zone. We've got a little lazy, perhaps. But in fact, I'm pretty sure we don't want to change, right? We're seeing the 2008 financial crisis. And that's causing purse strings to be tightened left, right and centre. Shareholder value is incredibly important because, well, frankly, if the money stops coming in from a capital perspective, we're in trouble. Customers aren't spending. So if the money from the shareholders stops, Uh Uh-oh. Consumers after the 2008 financial crisis have an incredibly low confidence level. They're not wanting to spend as much. So let's fast forward all the way back to the modern day, back to 2019. So back in 2019, our world has continued to change from yesteryear. We have new generations and shifting generations. We've got millennials now taking the centre stage, both as consumers and as staff members. And we've got Gen Z coming right up from behind them. And of course, from behind them, we've got Generation Alpha. That's today's toddlers that are ready to be tomorrow's future consumers and staff members. But at the very same time, we've got an ageing population that very much remember the pre-digital era and have either had to leap or stumble into our modern-day technical world. Yes, that's right. We do now, of course, live in a digitally-enabled world. And that has changed many, many things. I've already mentioned the systemization of retail. But, of course, communication has changed significantly with the advent of new technologies and new internet capability. Social media has revolutionized many, many things as I'm sure you know. Consumers, as individuals, now have a voice that can be heard around the entire world. At a moment's notice, we truly have freedom of speech when we are on social media. But also marketing and advertising has significantly shifted too. 
it's now much more data-driven. It's much more skillful, much more intelligent, arguably, than the classic spray-and-pray approach of yesteryear. And I think when we look at the wider retail market with a digital lens on, what we see, the big key trend, is that digital has enabled more visibility. More visibility about products, more visibility about stock, more visibility about choice, about price, about location. We even now have visibility of what other people think through reviews and through seeing what's available on social media. So the rise of our digital world has led to a rise of visibility across the world. And that visibility has made things more instantaneous. We have a demand for everything now. And that demand is when we're wearing our consumer hats, as well as when we're wearing our business hats. There is an insatiable want and need to have things now. Now, I've already mentioned choice, but there is a huge amount of choice right now. And it's very easy to see all of the different options available to you from all around the world, not just from your local geographic area. And with choice, we see us being able to make comparisons, comparisons between products, between variants and between retailers. And that has meant that competition has become increasingly fierce. And I think we've seen a lot of political uncertainty really rebelling against the classic norms. And I believe that is breeding a culture in us, in all of us, where we accept competition, we accept challenge and disruption much more. And speaking of disruption, of course, we have seen many, many more disruptive competitors coming into the retail marketplace. Some of these are the digital native companies, the likes of Amazon, the likes of Netflix, the likes of Uber and Airbnb. You know all the classic disruptors. But they're not just the digital companies or the internet companies, right? There are some relatively old school business models. The discount business model is doing very well right now. And of course, they employ great digital tools and digital capability, but it is not everything behind their success. But where we're met with lots of disruption, let's cast our mind back to when retail was sitting very much in the comfort zone, where we rejected change, where we actually got happy in our comfort zone. We were satisfied. We forgot how to disrupt ourselves. Or maybe we never even knew how to disrupt ourselves until we've been shown by other companies, right? The modern day world demands us to be more data-driven, to really perfect and optimize exactly what's going on. We have some very different requirements for skill sets, and some of the people in the world of retail do not fit or cannot move into that skill set requirement. And that's happening at all levels across organizations. We're seeing results not coming up to expectations. Shareholders still demand that retailers, certainly old retailers, deliver quarter after quarter of profit growth. And of course, some of these new disruptive companies do not have those shackles on them. And unfortunately, there is a vicious cycle going on 
when you start looking at those shareholder expectations and the consequences of not meeting them. And that's where we see sales going down. And as a result, hours in store or across the operation also going down. Those reducing hours lead to reducing standards in store. Not just tidiness, but standards across the whole operation. And when those standards drop, that's right, we see sales dropping further and then missed expectations and the whole cycle begins again. And to actually break out of that cycle, well, it's tough work. And when we're clouded by operational challenges, it brings out more discontent across the workforce, across our teammates. Life in retail can be stressful. It's full of worry. It's full of uncertainty. It's full of fear. We're very much out of our comfort zone now, and we're not used to it. There's a lack of job security, and sometimes work in retail is not seen as the prestigious job that it once was. We're concentrating on internal competition a lot, sometimes even more than the external competition, which is, of course, where we need to be focused on. Consumers are now shopping across all of the different channels open to them. But your customers do not view your channels like you do. Your customers do not care. If they see your brand in your flagship store, or in another store, or in your online store, or on social media, or in your marketing, or anywhere else in fact, that is your brand. They're not thinking in a siloed approach perhaps like your organization is set up to think in. Instead, customers want to have a relationship with your brand and they're finding it confusing, even frustrating when it's disjointed. Customers are looking for more meaningful relationships with the brands that they choose to spend their hard-earned money with as well. They want to know that companies and brands are helping them solve their problems. They want to know that companies and brands stand for something, that they have a purpose. And actually, with so much choice, they're very much asking the question subconsciously, why should I care about your brand? And why should I spend my money with you? And if you can't answer that in a very clear way, then there is going to be trouble ahead. With so much choice available, with so much data available, with so much visibility available, Consumers are now very much in control of the retail industry. And it is our job as retailers to respond to that. It is our job as retailers to react and to start serving consumers, to start serving our customers. And I don't just mean in a customer service perspective, but really serve, really look after, really host consumers. You see, We started off this episode asking why retailers face adversity. And there is no simple solution. You see, when we rewind the clock, there have been so many different things that have changed over the past 20 years that it's absolutely essential that we adjust, that we transform to meet this changing retail marketplace. We must be more aware of what is going on. We must be more reactive to how the world is continuing to change. Do not get to a happy place today and think that that's job done. Mission complete. Go home now. Thanks very much. 
no, 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 no. The world will continue to change. And I don't think we're going to be standing still for too long, right? So if you need to transform, you know that the time is now. If you need to transform, you know you must take action. And if you know that, then frankly, I'm very excited for you because the world is your oyster. Now, it's not going to be easy. Do not get me wrong on that one. But it is doable. And I believe that you can transform. I believe that you can be successful again. And I look forward to celebrating with you when that happens. Whilst there have been many things that have changed across retail, I've only glanced on really a few of them today. So as I mentioned right at the beginning, I would love to hear from you. What have I missed? What have I not paid enough attention to? Do let me know. Message me on LinkedIn or comment on one of my posts about this episode, about episode 51. Or hey, drop me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And I would dearly love to hear where you are on your transformation journey. Like I say, it's not easy, but it is doable. And if you'd like some help, then I have built out my transformation trifecta to help you overcome the biggest obstacles that you will face when going through your transformation. And if you'd like more help, if I can really help you get under the skin of what is going on in your world and really overcome it, then do reach out. Let me know. And we can work through some of the options together. Because if you do not know what you need to do and you stay still, we know how that story ends and it's not pretty. But that does not need to be the end of your story. You can still change this. And I beg that you do. Keep tuning in to the Retail Transformation Show. Subscribe to this podcast and stay up to speed with everything that is going on in the retail marketplace and what you need to do about it. Because it's not easy. I recognize that and I'm here to help you. And if that sounds good, then you will definitely want to be tuning in next week to episode 52 as we approach the first birthday of this show, which for me is incredibly exciting. And as I mentioned right at the start of the show, you know, I'm really thankful for you tuning in week in, week out. So please continue to do so. And hey, why not tell some of your colleagues or friends that are also in retail to tune in as well? If you love this show, I'm sure they will too. And I would be very grateful for your recommendation there. So to wrap up, why are retailers facing adversity? Well, in short, there are a huge, huge, huge number of different reasons. But what you know is that retail has changed. What you know is that now is the time to transform and you must take action if you still want to be successful in the future. So go and take some action now and I will join you on the next episode of the Retail Transformation Show. Have a fantastic week. 